and will become. Will become. Silhouettes when our bodies finally go. Ba, ba, Dude, ba. Fucking money. <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the muse, the, the greatest music podcast you'll ever hear in your entire life. This is a podcast where we take a different album every week. We break it down. We get into the nitty gritty of it. We try to have a good time while we're doing it. Uh, my name is Tyler, and way out there, way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether. Is Jeff. Oh, God. That was the longest one. Woo. Yeah, okay, yeah. Was, so go to iTunes. Very long. <laughs> go to go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes because that would be absolutely amazing. That would be awesome. I would greatly appreciate, appreciate it if you did that. And so would Jeff. So do that. And uh, if you didn't already know, we're doing a, postal, a record from the Postal Service. Normally, we would rank their albums, but they only have one record. So, what uh, what what song are we doing, or what album are we doing today, Jeff? <laughs> We're doing the the Postal Service fucking give up. Postal Service, 
Postal Service <laughs> formed originally in <laughs> Seattle, Washington and Los Angeles, California by Ben Gibbard, Jimmy Tamborello and Jenny Lewis in 2001. Uh, the band have only put out one full-length record, like I said, before breaking up, and one live album post-breakup. But the album we're doing today, Give Up, is the band's only, like I said, their only full-length record. I suck at this. Yeah. And uh, it was released February 18th, 2003, and it features the original lineup of Ben, Jimmy, and Jenny, along with Jen Wood, Jen Woods on vocals on one of the songs. And to date, Give Up has sold a couple million copies worldwide. And people want to follow up record, but it's never going to happen. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the little introduction. And I fucking botched it. I mm-hmm. suck at this. I suck at pod reading. And uh, what are what are you? What's your origin story? And what are your initial thoughts on the postal service and this record? Give up. Go. Hey. Go. You know, I've been trying to figure out where, when, why I listened to the postal service first. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I had no fucking idea. No fucking idea? None. None whatsoever. And this was in high school, and I don't... I don't know. I Dude, I have no recollection whatsoever. It just, like, appeared, I guess. I don't get it. That's just, Okay, that, I mean... that's. I mean, this is, like, the first time I actually have, like, no idea, <laughs> like, how this came about. I just... I I don't know. I don't that's know, weird. Tyler. But it, you, but it was in high school when you got into that. Like, it wasn't a delayed thing for you? No, yeah, it definitely had to have been high school because, I mean, like, Transatlanticism is not only the best Death Cab album, but my favorite, and that was, like, around the same time as this, too, and I loved that in high school, okay. but I can't, I, I I don't, I can't, I don't know, I don't fucking no idea. You just can't do it. I tried hard, <laughs> too. <laughs> okay, um, my my origin story with this this album was when it came out, I didn't like it. I thought I was a metalman. I was a punkman in high school, so I didn't I didn't care for the soft shit. I didn't like Death Cab, and but I do remember seeing <gasps> the Such Great Heights video all the time on MTV Two. They play that video. video. What the video sucks? Yeah, the video is kind of stupid. But I remember seeing it on MTV Two all the time, and they would always play the the Such Great Heights song like uh, during the credits of certain things or like whatever. So I, I just didn't like it. And then when I worked at Tower Records in 2005, I, uh, no, no, it was, it was before Tower Records. When I was working at Disneyland in 2005, and this is when MySpace was huge. And I remember some girl, I don't even remember her fucking name. She worked at Disneyland with me. I wish I remembered her name. She worked at Disneyland with me. And her friend and I went out driving at like, it was like late. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And we were driving down like PCH with like the windows rolled down. It was like super hot out. And they put this record on. And that was the first time I heard this record in its entirety. And it just like something clicked that night. And I just fucking fell in love with this record. Like it was just, it was, it was the weirdest thing ever. I've never really experienced that with any band or artist where something clicked like that after hating it for so long. It was crazy. So I have like all these crazy nostalgic memories about it and this record and I don't know. I love it. A lot of great memories. And it's one of those records too where my nostalgia for this record, this is the only time, this is the only record ever where I have nostalgia for like my entire life since hearing this record. Like I associate this record with so many different instances of my life, even up till now. It's super weird. If that makes any sense, I don't know. No, it does. I I mean... That's, I don't know, like that clicking thing for you was like with me and the Misfits. Mm-hmm. 
Like that's that's just how I felt. It's like, oh, like okay. Like what have I been missing? Yeah. Like I get it. I like this. This is really good. <laughs> yeah. I just dude, I have no idea where how I got into the postal service. It just they've been that group, that artist that has just always been there. And like you said, it makes sense with Death Cab because you like that that Death Cab record so much. Dude, it's so good. I, I also I also listened to that record this week too because Transylvania is a fucking phenomenal. And we look like giants is absolutely the best Death Cab song ever made. I can't even tell you the last time I listened to that record. It's probably been years. We first started. We first started collecting. I had the opportunity to buy that one for like ten bucks on vinyl, and then a couple other kind of indie ones. And I scoffed. I balked. Why? I don't know because we. I was new at the game, and I didn't really know what anything was worth. And uh, yeah, you uh, blew it. I cannot. You done blew it. it. I did. No, I for sure did. One hundred percent. Okay, so uh, so that, that's kind of our little origin stories of buying this record um, or behind this band. So what what's your what's your initial thought? What's your do we have any stinkers? No, there are no stinkers. Um, there are no songs that I think are are okay. I think everything's yeah. a banger. I think this is a perfect record. Just throwing that out there right now. But there, can, there are every record's a perfect record for you. Yeah, right. There are, there are, there are. There is one song that was almost an okay song, but oh, no. but um, I think lyrically it just it blew, it blew it out of the water and became a banger. Okay, Wait, let's talk about that one then. Uh, this place is a prison. It's my tenth B. My ten B. Tenth B. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're unbelievable. No, no, I'm not. I'm actually correct. Um, this one, this one's cool. This one kind of, uh, it's, it's really heavy. It's probably your number one B because it's it's fucking heavy. It's fucking, fucking, fucking. So the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you couldn't even think of insults. Just fucking, fucking, fucking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's uh like like the tone uh, turned down on the instrumentals <laughs> it's it's yeah. it has that it has that sound like it's coming from another room you know mm-hmm. like that type of, of thing bands like to do a lot especially indie bands and emo bands of this era love to do that shit jimmy roll did that stuff all the time on clarity mm-hmm. love it i dig it but um other than that i think it's fine and I, I, but I, I think like the lyrics and the music goes along with the theme of the song. Like the world outside of, of this prison, is moving forward, and, and here you are being left behind. And, and the bridge hits us with some actual drumming, and they seem kind of like out of place and offensive, comparative to like the album as a whole. Yeah, it's so jarring. That that acoustic drum set is so jarring, and in the entire mix, like it's turned up so loud too. It doesn't make but any I, sense. I, it doesn't, but it it works so well. I don't. I can't even explain it. It shouldn't make sense, but it sounds fucking amazing. And like this song, like like the narrator, the narrator himself narrator. can't narrator, can't even convince narrator. themselves that this prison life isn't too bad. And and yeah. that's that's what elevates this song into like banger territory. And like lyrically too, it's it leads someplace, right? It's like that feeling that your life is a prison. Mm-hmm. Not like literally, but like, but you can go anywhere you want to, you want to go, but you, you can't because of like societal restraints, you mm-hmm. just, you can't physically do things because of money, because of relationships, but these aren't like actual restraints. These are, these are imaginary things. Yeah. It's all mental, but they hold you back. And then like the bridge of this song 
like has this weird like misery to it. It's this pessimistic idea that the only true escape are drugs, maybe even death. Mm-hmm. And that's that's some heavy shit. I will say, I I think his lyrics on this record are fantastic, except for natural natural anthem. I don't think his lyrics are very good on that. But outside of that, I was shocked at how I, his wordplay and I loved his lyrics. <laughs> they're really if, good. If you compare him to like Death Cab's lyrics, then they're okay. But really? given given this band like on their own, yeah, they're really good. Because you're right, natural anthem is is fine. And then you got like um that uh district sleeps alone tonight. Yeah. Okay, I can see why that would be kind of goofy. And why? then No, well, that, I, mean, that, I don't think it's goofy. And then sleeping in for sure goofy, for sure corny. Mm. Recycled air was goofier, but but we're we're getting, we're getting off track. We're getting yeah, off track. Yeah, we're getting off track here. So let's get back to um this to, place is a prison. Is a prison. I will say, okay, so this is your 10B, right? Yeah. The worst? Mm-hmm. The worst of the bangers. Uh, this is my 2B, actually. So it's because uh, it's, That's because it's heavy and you think it's <laughs> it's the most new metal sounding, probably. No, I, like I was saying, I love the jarring sound of the, the, the drums. And I just, there's weird sounds that, that Jimmy like put into this song, like that scurrying sound. It sounds like somebody's like running across a roof or something like that. <laughs> it's super weird. I, I think it's it's the mo- one of the most unique songs on the record, and it's such a downer. It's a sad fucking song. I love it though. Okay. <laughs> I I love it, and I think I sh- we should play a little bit of it. Okay, I got it queued up because I can't hear anything you, got- you play. That's very very true. So here's uh this place is a prison from the postal service. song is like just full of dread it's it's weird fucking song i i love it do you happen to have the drum parts time stamped no yeah i don't either but whatever who cares people can go i didn't know i was supposed to do it i know i should have done it too considering this is my 2b but whatever whatever i just wanted to play it now because i don't know i don't want to repeat our i don't want i don't want that, oh my god, I can't wow, even fucking wow. <laughs> Oh, this is so stupid. This episode is so dumb. Have you know okay, we've done we've done Jeez. this record twice before on the pod. We did it yeah. on our very first run of like the first twenty episodes of the pod with when we didn't have proper mics. And we did it again when we thought as a backup. Oh, 
and we did this as a backup because we thought we knew it well enough and it ended up not being a very good episode so this time around we're going to give this album its proper proper respect i guess Damn, you dude, you're 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 dude, I thesaurus. Can't even you must have like dropped your thesaurus or something <laughs> because you're just like struggling out here today. Dude, I am I am like I'm trying to get some help from you, but you're not you're not giving me any sort of a life. No, why would it, why would I help? Yeah. You just want me to sink. That's what it is. Yes. But that's what we do. That's part of the pod. Uh so yeah, that's this place is a prison. Let's uh let's move on to your one B, I guess. My one, my one B has pretty much never changed. Okay, and it's still, and has always been nothing better. That has always been my one B. That has always been my favorite song from this album. Is it like the back and forth, like the back and forth verses, or what? It's, it's. I mean, obviously, like they know, or like they, the postal service, they know when to throw Jenny in there, and she's in there just enough to kind of give a good dynamic to the to the album but she's not mm. in there enough to overstay her welcome yeah she she's you she's utilized perfectly and nothing better i think is not just a perfectly a perfectly a perfect perfectly music song lyric song but also just like vocal harmony song mhm well with jenny lewis didn't she wasn't the other vocalist in this For it was nothing jenny. better no, it was Jen Wood. It was a different singer. Which is the one from Rilo Kiley. Is that Rilo Kiley Wood? is Jenny Lewis. Okay. Yeah. But this girl, Jen Wood, she was only on this song, and she was the one singing the opposite verse to Ben Gibbard. Opposite verse? Same as yeah. the first. And from what it looks like, from what I've seen, she wasn't like in any band. She's just like a, a solo artist from uh, Seattle. So there's, I mean, she's put out like, it looks like maybe 10 records or something like that. But That's a lot of records for just yeah. a solo artist. Oh, no, 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 no. She, she was in a band called Tattletale in the 90s. And then it looks like she put out several uh, albums and EPs over the years. But yeah, so she's a singer from Seattle. But so that other girl is not Jenny Lewis. But regardless. Well, it is it, it is really a it is a gen, right? It is a gen. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> 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 that's kind of weird, actually. That is, but it, regardless, it, it is a fantastic this, song. This is this is the best song. Like I like, I love the intro. It's, it's got this weird like storm sound to it. Like it's about to hit. The storm's mm-hmm. coming in. This fight. This this relationship argument, and like no matter what, dude. Like this song is so is so everybody who's ever been dumped, who's ever been the dumpy, the dumper, mm-hmm. the dump. The dumper. The dump, Who's the, ever been the, the dumper, dumper and the dumpy? Yeah, the dumper yeah. and the dumpy, and it's it's and like boom, like just like that, we are underway in this song. It jumps right into it. It's like an actual relationship fight. Like, hey, we need to talk. Okay, boom. Yeah, blindside, and this song is 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 kind of like it's kind of sad because on the one hand you got Ben who sounds like he's been blindsided by Jen, who sounds like he he didn't even like realize this was coming. And mm-hmm. then she comes in and was like, well, you know, actually, this has been a long time coming. Let me let me state some facts. I got charts and graphs as to why <laughs> this is fucking terrible. And Ben's left there just broken, dude, just broken, beaten down. Even if it's his fault, like, I don't know. But that's always sad. And that always feels like shit. And I can remember, like, the first time I felt like that with with 
the girlfriend that broke up with me, like literally just watching TV and she was just like, I can't do this anymore. Damn. And then it turned into this whole fucking thing. And it was so terrible. And I felt like I, I, I felt like I was blindsided, but then like the longer it goes and the longer that time passes after it happens, you realize that you weren't blindsided. You were just blinded by the stupid decisions you were making. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. Maybe just like, I hate to say nostalgia because that's that, I don't want nostalgia with negative things, but kind of nostalgia. Yeah. And it's, everybody can relate to this type of breakup. Everybody can relate to this type of feeling in a relationship where something is going so terrible, horribly wrong that you feel the need to, to like load your guns in a sense before you, before you spring like the argument, you know? And I feel like most people have been on both sides of this, of this argument or this breakup, you know, like they've been the, the dumper or the dumpy and they've, they're dumping or they're dumping the other person because of these same reasons. Like, I mean, at least for me, like I felt like I've been on both sides of this for sure. Yeah. I, I was actually on both sides of that same relationship too. Wait, what? That was with Taylor. When, when she broke up with me, she was the one that said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And like, literally, oh, okay. like, oh, you can't do what? And then we got back together, of course, as any awesome story in your teens, I guess. <laughs> You get back together. The second time was like more like me, just like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, and okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. So it's I, like I've, yeah, like we've all been on both sides of it and, and it, it sucks either way. And it's not like yeah. you win or you lose. It's just everybody it's, loses. And it it's sucks. not a fun experience. It's never a fun experience. But it's even, even, even further, like with friendships, right? Like you can, you can have like a friend that you just decide, you know what? I'm not going to, I don't want to mm-hmm. do this anymore. Like I, I had a friend that, I Anthony member. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy, yeah, 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 that guy. Like that, we were super close, and we got super close super fast. And then just something happened, and then I, I had to like essentially break up with him. Yeah, and I, that was that awkward, was nice. and that was a fun, and that sucked. But yeah, dude, nothing better. Just such a banger, and it's it's like they make the notes match their vocal pattern mm-hmm. in just the right moments. They help emphasize like their point, their emotion. And and when Jen comes in for the first time, it's so matter of fact, and it's so, it's so like, well, actually, let me let me get you with this. But you feel bad for both of them because you feel bad for Ben because he's getting dumped on, but then you feel bad for Jen because she's driven to this point where she feels the need to do this to him. Mm-hmm. And she's also saying like, like you're only remembering the good times, but you're you're conveniently blocking out the bad times. Yeah, and that's the issue. Like. You're like what you said earlier. You're being blinded. You're you're not blindsided. You were just being blind. I think that's yes. what you said. But yeah, I, that, that's exactly what this song's about. And it's so everyone's fucking experienced it. It's crazy, like how well they conveyed this song lyrically. It's fantastic. Didn't so, Ben like hyperbolizing his actual heartache and literally asking for broken ribs to tend his his his, his broken heart? <laughs> yes, he that he is a really, so fucking emo. I know. Will oh, someone please delicious. call a surgeon who can crack my ribs and repair this broken heart? Ah, oh. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> well, okay, so so those are the first two lines. So okay, let me read the first three lines. The first three lines are like the most emo thing ever. Will someone please call a surgeon who can crack my ribs and repair this broken heart that you're deserting for better company? Damn, that is that's rough. And the and then the way Ben sings it. It's so like upbeat and happy 
that you would never expect these emo lyrics to be there. It's so, it's so weird. It's that backing like synth sound that hits those notes on the same melody that he's, yeah. he's singing it. Oh, it's dirty. Ah, oh, man, it's great. So should we just play a little bit of it? Yeah, and then, uh, then also the line... Uh, so I'm just yeah. going to keep going. No, I, no, I keep going. Fuck. No, go, go. Also the line where he, where he talks about like the third quarter, like like the goalie attending the net in the third quarter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like how, I don't know, how 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 using that imagery is 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 so so dumb it's so sports <laughs> right like I, I don't know it's so it's so guy of a guy of a tied game rivalry tell you right it's, it's i don't know yeah. it's so it's so masculine like that's what guys always thought think about our sports and i think that's like intentional usage there i don't mm-hmm. know a lot about ben Gaver's personal life but he doesn't strike me as like the like the masculine sports type no not at all so I think like using that and then also if you actually just think about how many how many sports have a goalie and then how many sports are divided into quarters and then third quarter <laughs> there's like none. Yeah. Cuz you think like soccer <laughs> or you think hockey. Hockey, yeah. But I think that was just neither. intentional just because th- that it rhymes with something else. That's exactly I that, I totally agree with you on that. It's just for rhyming and shit like that. But then you think, like, is it intentional? Like, did he intentionally put that sports reference in there? Because that was, like, the first time he's... Actually, the only time in this entire album there was any sports references. And Death Cab, I, as far as I know, have, like, little to none sports references. Yeah, I, I don't see Ben Gibbard as a sportsman at all. At all. It and the dude is, strange. like... The, the dude is a genius, but he is fucking plain old people as they come. Oh, my God. Do you watch any interviews? That he the is plain old people. Oh, my God, dude. Him and Jimmy... The other guy, dude, Jimmy is like... They could I be thought, brothers! I thought Ben was bad in interviews, but Jimmy took it to the next level of bad. <laughs> like, the dude is so fucking awkward. Like, it's uncomfortable. It's And then he even... Like, I saw one interview, and he, he even admits it. He's like, yeah, I, I don't like social situations. I'm very socially awkward. And then there's, like, this weird silence. It was, it was awful. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> It is very oh awkward God. watching both of them. Did, did you watch the interview they did with Stephen Colbert? No. It was, it was the two of them, and then Jenny was there, too. It was back in 2013, and they performed on his show, but then they did, like, a pre-interview, like, four minutes. And, dude, they were they were so fucking boring. And then Colbert, of course, was trying to, like, get them all hyped up and, like, telling jokes with them or whatever, and they just weren't even laughing. Like, it was, damn, dude, it was rough. It was a rough interview. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they I, suck I, could, I could see it. They, dude, Ben is is boring. Ben is plain old people. <laughs> he is boring. I just don't understand like how this much creativity can be in such a boring dude. I know, right? And these great lyrics come from such a boring dude. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. But uh, what uh, what else do I want to say? Oh, you know what part in the song I like too is the first line of Jen's Jen's lyrics when she just says, I feel I must interject here. I've always liked the way she says that. Like, it's very... Because it's very, like, matter of fact. It's very, that's like, what I was, um, yeah. actually, motherfucker. Yeah. I feel I must interject here. Boom, boom. And then there's those two notes, you know? And then it oh, goes, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. We just gotta... We gotta play... Yeah. We gotta play nothing better. It just... You can't do anything more than that. So here it is from the Postal Service.
There's nothing better from the postal service. Can't be nothing better. And like what I like. Whole, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? You go ahead. What are you gonna say? No, go. Go. Just go talk. I just, I just, I, 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 I like that this song is just an argument, and even though it's it's melodic and it's soft, this is an argument probably the best argument that Ben could possibly do because I, I can't see him being a very angry person ever. No, never. And the ending of this song is, is like that storm in the beginning, like that, that crescendo into the song right away. The ending is, 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 is just like, it's subsiding. It's fine. Cause she says, and say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Oh, and no, then it gets the, over. those high notes as if she's oh. like walking away as if like everything is just, now it's done. Leaving there in the dust. Yeah. And what's cool, what I like about it too, this not stepping away from the lyrics a little bit, when when they go into their verses, they start early. Have you noticed that? It's almost, it's not off time, but they start like maybe like a bar, maybe a bar early than they should. Yeah, because they're waiting for that that piano, that, that doom, synth. Boom. Yeah, it's it's the, it's that bass that they're like kind of waiting for. So like they get their first line through, and then you hear the boom, boom. And I I thought it was at first I thought it was just Jen that it happened to but then if you listen to ben's verse as well it's the same thing he he says his first line and you hear that boom boom it's it's cool man it's the little things like that that are just so rad about this album that no like i i agree they do come in it's 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 like it's 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 like it's early it's it's weird it's just it's weird weird timing it's weird timing, but it, it gives more credence to like the argument factor. Like you, you're wanting so hard to get your point across, and you interrupt the other person. You're mm-hmm. not going with the flow of the argument or the conversation that you yeah. want to just talk as soon as possible. And especially in this in this song too, because 
Ben isn't in other songs as well on this album. He doesn't listen, and and he's he's conveying that point that he doesn't listen. He hears things, but he doesn't listen, and he's almost yeah. just waiting for his turn to talk rather than taking in what the other person is saying. And I think that's possibly what her problem was with him was he doesn't fucking listen. I no, I'm I'm with you on that one. That's exactly what she's talking about, and that's why she's dumping him because he doesn't listen. He's only remembering the good stuff, not how badly he's treated her. Like the district sleeps alone tonight. That's another one where he doesn't listen either. He's <laughs> fucking hears. <laughs> uh, it's it's like a it's a uh, pattern for sure. Do we have anything else to say about nothing better? No, there's on? there's nothing better. I think we we song. covered we covered a lot of this song. So, um, so let's move on to my one B because we haven't talked about my one B. Probably fucking and, some stupid. Huh? <laughs> no man, what are you talking about? It's such great heights. Such great heights is the really. I I know. I I didn't want to be this basic. I did not want to be this <laughs> that's basic. Your, that's my six B. Dude, this song is so good. I mean, we already played it, so we no, might as well. There's just... no fucking way that this is your one B. No, I don't. I don't just, accept. Just the, just the way it starts out, like when you when you put headphones on and you listen to this song, you just the the back and forth between the two the two sides. Oh my god, dude! It like boggles my mind. It doesn't boggle my mind. It's it's disorienting. But then on one side you just have that, and then the other sound is going back and forth on on your on the right and left but then it's not even like consistent like there's no consistency to it it's just like happening oh dude it's so good i fucking love this song and the uh the chorus is so catchy as well and reading more into the lyrics this is like the only happy song he wrote on this record the only song about like true love and how like it there the love between him and the girl are just like it transcends everything else and people are kind of like jealous of it because they're just they're just connected that well and it's just a super happy song but then the musically it doesn't come across that way have you noticed that like the happier sounding songs are the more depressing lyrically and then this song being very kind of melancholy sounding has very upbeat lyrics it's strange i kind of took this as um as almost like a foreshadowing of of a breakup and I, I know he said like this was the first and probably only happy relationship song that he's ever written, or at least on this record. That's what he was saying. But if you even like Death Cab stuff, isn't Death Cab stuff never this happy? Yeah, no. I from what little even like, like Sound of Settling. Sound of Settling is a very happy sounding song. But I've got a hunger. <laughs> That's a fucking banger song. But I, 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 I took this as kind of like a foreshadowing of a breakup, like a sort of like what goes up must come down type of thing. Mm-hmm. And everyone's telling them to come down, come down now. And they just don't want to. And they're not listening. Not that they should care what other people think. But I don't know. I, I just I kind of wonder if, if if even he knew at this point he was so happy. Like like you've been in a toxic relationship. I'm not like you mm-hmm. personally. I'm just spitballing here. But people have. People have been in toxic relationships where it seems like it's so fucking fun and everything seems so great. And the longer you're in it, you realize that this is not a good relationship and this is very bad. This is very toxic. But you just keep doing it because the highs are so high, but mm-hmm. the lows are so fucking low. And I think that's 
that's almost like the undertone of this album is not being kind of honest with yourself, not being, not being truthful and in such great heights where it is kind of like a, a more upbeat song and more uplifting, but the music doesn't really match it that well. I don't know. I'm going with it. I'm, I'm sticking with that. I, I think that he even deep down knew or knows the narrator that this relationship is not going to last. What goes up must come down type of thing. So it's like a, it's also almost like a honeymoon phase of a relationship Yes. where the first couple months are just fucking amazing. And then after that, you're constantly trying to, to reach that high again, but you never quite get there. And there's little, there's little pieces here and there that will make you nostalgic for, for that honeymoon phase. Like you said, there's, there's little things here and there that will do it. But overall it's, a bad relationship is 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 a blight. Like you know it. You know it's yeah. bad. You just convince yourself and that you, you pretend can. that it's not. Yeah, like because you you before that relationship, you never see yourself being in a relationship like that. Like you don't want to be pigeonholed as being that person who is who is in a toxic relationship. But then you actually are. You're just in denial of it all. That's kind of what it is. And you always think like yours is different and your situation is different. And it's, it's, yeah. You're just making excuses. It's kid shit. <laughs> kid shit, homie. But, so, but on a fit, but face value on this song, it's just straight up about being so in love with your girl that, or his girl that that's what it is. And man, dude, I love this song. It's so good. And then if you listen, if, if you really listen that, that beginning part, just the the back and forth of the the boops, I guess you could say. <laughs> they uh they play through the entire song like it does not stop. It's just looped through the entire song. But then there's so much other so many other things going on that you just kind of forget about it until the very end when everything starts to die down, and then you just start hearing it again. The boops back and forth. You're like, oh fuck, th- that's been going on the whole fucking time. Yes. Like, who, like what are you thinking? It's so crazy. Yeah. Ah. That um. See that that was the part that I thought was kind of opposite of what I think the song is actually about because if if you I guess we'll call them the boops. Yeah, boops, yeah. Boops. I, I, I wrote down that they were just really, really crisp notes with little pops at the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> but boops are good. <laughs> boops boops is, is shorter. But if it's you, almost it, like it's almost like a note that was cut off like a millisecond too soon. Yeah. It's such a weird sound. But but if you if you consider the boops like the actual relationship, right? Like the, the the good part of the relationship, because whenever you meet somebody for the first time, it's always going to be fun. It's always going to be fresh. It's going to be new. It's going to be, I, I don't know, exciting. Mm-hmm. Whether the, that excitement is good or bad, I don't know. It's just exciting. And so having that that play kind of in the background throughout the entire song is is almost opposite of what I think because that excitement is always there. It's just we layer so much other bullshit on top of it that excitement gets kind of, you know, pushed to the background. There are other, there are other things that, that we, that we layer on top of, you know, that excitement problems or pointless fighting or whatever it is, but that excitement always stays there. And that's why having the boobs at the end of the song was, was a little, a little weird for me because it, it was like, even through all of this and that gives credence to like his poppy, happy sound, even through all of this bullshit layering that we did throughout this whole song, we're still back to where we started. The exciting boops. Yeah. Which is never really the, the case in any relationship. It never goes back to that. that or original. the, or the exciting boops are like the relationship ended and he's like, Oh, 
Oh, and he's starting over. Oh, that's good the, too. The exciting boobs were actually just being me, being myself. Okay. Okay. You know, like everybody that. goes through that phase where, like, I'm done dating. I'm done with this, and <laughs> you have that transition period, however long it may be, where you just you're done doing things and you're fucking happy. And then you meet someone, and then it's like amazing, and then you realize, oh fuck, it's kind of shitty a month later, and falling into the same things you were falling into before. I think I think a lot of people just I don't know like relationships are work no matter if they're friendships or significant other relationships it's just work yeah oh hundred percent and if you're not like I don't know it, it's not we're not fifteen you know mm-hmm. like yeah. things aren't just going to be magical all the time like every relationship needs work it's 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 just what it is but yeah and like when when you're comparing it to like say high school stuff like when you're in high school and hanging out with you you have friends in high school like you're forced to hang out with them because you're at school. Like when you think about it during the summer break, you don't, you barely see your friends from high school that, yeah. that you would, that you go to school with. Like you hang out with either by yourself or you hang out with like maybe one dude from high school or Just a girlfriend neighbors. or neighbors or something like that. But you never, it's rare when you go hang out with your friends from school. You're only friends with them because of school. It's, it's, it's so, it's interesting. It's, I don't know. It, it is weird and like the older you get the, the more you realize that if a relationship is just too much work like some friends that that even since I've moved out here that I just don't talk to anymore because it's too much work like I don't get anything from it yeah. specifically because I doubt that he listens to any podcast but like Pat dude, Pat oh, was just yeah. too much fucking work <laughs> like it was all take on his part and like no give and like he would never call me he would never text me and it's like dude like why am I even like answering your phone calls when I know that you only want something. And that's sad that our entire group knows that if, when this person calls you, it's because he wants something. Yeah. Because he's done it to us all too much work. <laughs> <laughs> I like the guy though. I, I mean, I still like the guy, but he's a great guy. He's a cool he's a great dude, guy, but, but I'm not going to put any more effort into something when I have so many other things I could be doing. I agree. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And that's what such great heights is about. <laughs> Damn. We were like, I think th- this is one. <laughs> I feel like this episode is where we've talked the most about like our personal life than any other time. Ooh. Like we've never gone this deep in our personal lives before. At least on the pod, we've never. Ooh, we're gonna. That's weird. It's Mike weird. Worse. I I just what? I just picked up another B two L. What What has Ben Gibbard done to us? I know. Uh, he's making us vulnerable and earnest and. It's oh gross. damn. Okay, so that that's my one B is uh, such great heights. I'm still pretty What's, disappointed that's your one B. Well, you know, my two B was this place is a prison. So I mean, you're you're disappointed in everything in all my decisions. That's true. So what's your uh, what's your two B? Well, be, before we even get in more into this, do you have any stinkers? Oh no, I have zero stinkers. I don't. There are no okay songs. Oh, okay. every song is a banger. Okay, cool. And actually, before we get into your 2B, I do want to mention, too, I didn't know until today when I was finalizing my notes that Chris Walla, the guitarist from Death, Death Cab, Cab, co-produced this with Jimmy, and he's on every song. He either plays guitar, backing vocals, or piano. Yeah, he he, he also produced Transatlanticism. I mean, I didn't know that. I just I, I had no idea. I I really only thought this was only Ben and Jimmy. That did this record had no idea Chris was involved. Dude's a dude's a gangster, man. He he knows yeah. he knows this sound. Clearly, I mean, he him and Jimmy did a great job producing this record. 
fantastic job and he doesn't get any credit for it like it sucks i'd be kind of pissed well i got no credit for it i don't know when you're put up against like ben gibbard you're probably never going to get credit for anything yeah but then what about jimmy like jimmy i don't know regardless who cares i'm just surprised fucking surprised surprised. so what's your what's your 2b my 2b is district sleeps alone tonight the opening track the opener okay this um dude this this whole like listen through when i bought this on vinyls several weeks ago it was like this weird emotional thing that i went through and i it was just very bizarre, like all of these weird like emotions that I haven't felt in very long, and mm-hmm. like every everything that was inside of me just came out. Okay, and so I came out, like you know, like <laughs> Dane Cook said, I heard a noise, so I came out. Oh, that's a stupid fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's a good joke. That was funny back in the day. It was funny, yeah, in like two thousand five. <laughs> holds true holds true but it does it does listening okay. listening to this again like this week is just to put this as this is this is the perfect opener that there are no there is no other track on this entire album that i think if you put it as a number one song would have been better as an opener than this one i think this is say so. fucking boss there's there's this weird like there's this weird like independence here like gibbard and, and, and tamborello I always thought Tamborella sounded like um, what's the dude from P and P? Danny Tam Tamborelli. Danny Tamborelli, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always, pretty much there's only one letter off. Tamborello, Tamborelli. Yeah, it there's, is. it's only the last <laughs> letter of the name. <laughs> Gibbard, Gibbard, and Danny Tamborelli both kind of build and crescendo like in their own way. They're doing like their own thing, but I don't know. They start and they end in the same place, and throughout they kind of like mix their own uniqueness together it's very bizarre like musically i think because if if you consider gibbard's vocals his instrument not like his lyrics but his vocals his instrument and then tamborelli's production they're they don't match they're they're like different they could be two completely different songs it almost sounds like they're he's singing off time in certain parts of this as well and I think a lot of it too is like that. It's that synth sounds, synth sound, that that Jimmy does on most of this record. Like it's very unconventional of the time. Like it, it doesn't sound like it should be music or it should belong, but for whatever reason it does. Like the the opening note of this song is just that that like kind of drone, that drone sound. It's so weird. Like what a weird way to open the record this with is- that sound. This is the song that I always sing too. Like if I'm if I'm thinking of the postal service, this is the song that I will sing, especially like the gaudy apartment complex part. Gaudy apartment. Com- Wait, I fucked that one up. No, that's right. <laughs> no, I I I sung it weird. <sighs> so should we play it and then talk about the lyrics? What do you want to do here? I said earlier that this song was kind of corny, but I misread my notes real quick, and this song was definitely not corny. One of my favorite lyrical lyrical songs and um i got a lot to say about the lyrics so whatever you want to do you want to play it and we'll talk about so it let's, or i can keep let's, talking about it and we'll play it whatever you want to do let's play it and then we'll get into the lyrics okay that's where we're at gotcha. so here is a little bit of the district sleeps alone tonight Smear 
The District Sleeps Alone Tonight. The opener on the album Give Up. So uh, let's jump right into the lyrics. What do you got on the lyrics? Just just like real quick, while I was mm-hmm. like sitting here and going to the bathroom too, do you know Chris Walla, he produced every single Death Cab album until he left the band? Really? I didn't. I had no yeah, idea. I thought he just did Transatlanticism and Plans, but he did all of them. Shit. D- didn't they say when he left that he was still going to do stuff with the band, but just not tour with them? Or am I crazy in thinking that? Possibly. He left not even like, I was like five maybe. years ago, maybe. Was it that long ago? Oh. Yeah, I felt like I've, I remember reading that he was still going to do studio stuff, just not tour with them or play shows. But whatever. Hmm. No, it's pretty crazy. No, I had no idea he did. I, he did I, all I, of that shit. I didn't know he did all of them either. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah, I guess uh I guess like lyrically this is so this is for me I got a lot of notes here. So right. for me this is kind of like a breakup song but a little more in depth of the uh, to the the feelings involved. Mm-hmm. Like Ben is clearly mentally not paying attention and he kind of alludes oh, to that he doesn't really care. And I think the second verse is is him is him him being around her but knowing where he stands. Like he may as well be wearing a name tag that reads like ex boyfriend or just friends now, and that's kind of mm-hmm. like that vinyl sticker that he's talking about. And as the song continues and he finally realizes why he was the one we're leaving, I think the where I am part makes a little more sense. I'll get that in a little bit, but mm-hmm. the whole like DC sleeps alone tonight is is kind of cool. Uh, he's finally seeing like the world he lives in for as it is. Like he 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 knows. And then we heard it. We talked about it in like another song. And and this, this life is a prison. Uh, the world doesn't stop just because you're hurt. The world doesn't stop for you. Everything keeps going. Like nobody, in the grand scheme of things, nobody fucking cares about your life. Nobody cares about you. Nobody will stop. Nobody will lose a wink of sleep. And no. 
that feeling is is fucking lonely, man. That feeling sucks. That desolation, yeah. And it's 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 something that everybody has to deal with, and then that kind of having to deal with it will also come into play later on in another song that he does, which is a banger, as they all are bangers. But so going back to like the where I am part from earlier, I think it's him saying, in other words, like this is who I am. He says where I am, but he's really saying this is who I am just where he's at at that moment. And he realized that he is the one holding her back the entire time from being better. And so when he says like where I am, you can just, you can substitute that for this is who I am. And well, she, she's saying Jenny. Exactly. Because she is the one telling him this is who you are. And he doesn't realize it until he's finally at the very end realizes that he is the one worth leaving. And so then he realizes that the whole time she's been saying, where you're at in this relationship, where you're at in life is not where I want to be. But Mm -hmm. what that really means is who you are because that whole, like where you're at, like right now we're not working. Maybe later on in life, maybe if I met you 10 years ago, like those kind of like stupid things people say in the movies that don't really make a lot of sense. (laughs) It's stupid. That's true. It's, I don't like you because of who you are, not because of where you're at. And so when she's saying where you're at, that's what he's hearing. He's not listening. That's Mm -hmm. what he's hearing. But then yeah, the very end, he hearing, finally yeah. realizes he's the one that's worth leaving. Fuck. Dirty. It is. And this is all based off of, um, this is all inspired by his breakup with his girlfriend at the time. Her name was Allison Levy. I guess she's a musician. I've never heard of her. But she uh, she moved to Washington, D.C. And that's kind of like how it ended. It was the long, long distance relationship. And that's what inspired this song. But. Heavy ah, stuff. His, his lyrics are great, man. His I was I was so pleasantly surprised by the depth of his lyrics and his and wordplay in certain songs too. It's great. To be fair, breakup songs it's hard to fuck those up. Like you got to do true. Re- you got to be really bad at doing a breakup song to really mess it up. It's like it's always just okay because because you it's so relatable to everybody. But like you said, mm-hmm. the wordplay, like the things he uses, the imagery, the 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 comparisons, those are what kind of elevates him into being just like a boring emo band into kind of like an untouchable, whatever genre the Postal Service falls into. Yeah. Dude, and then and getting it, into I mean, the, the, the EP cover art, like did you did you did you look at the, the I I I'm looking at it right now and So so it shows a girl sleeping on the floor while the bed is empty? Mm-hmm. And like the covers are off the bed kind of as if she would be crawling into bed and there's a couple animals on the bed and there's tissues all over the floor. And it's like she's hurting so much that she'd rather sleep on an uncomfortable, dirty floor than go back to the place where she used to sleep with her significant other. Fuck, that's heavy. And then do you know who did the cover art? Is it? Let me. Okay. Just looking at it right now, is, was it the guy who did Goldfinger's records? No, no. Oh, okay. Fuck. Never mind. I don't know that. Cool. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Okay. So, like, it was. It was. A cool. A cool. 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 It's a husband and wife art team. They they call themselves Kaziden. Kaziden. And it's kind of like a like a mashup of both of their last names. They met while at Cal State Fullerton. Huge shout out. I went to that terrible college. Yeah. Uh, but they they also designed the cover art for this album and then all the EP cover arts for the Postal Service. But they also did the Lion and the Witch EP for the Weezer. Oh, Weezer. Yeah. Oh, no shit. 
That's pretty cool. That's a cool connection. Yeah. So these guys, you know, these 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 kids have been have been pumping them out. They've been doing good stuff for a long time. <laughs> for for an obscure EP mm-hmm. and the cover art for um for the single. Yes. That EP was so sick though by Weezer. It's it a good EP, so yeah. No, good. it is. It is. And so yeah, that's, uh, that's fun, I guess. Lyrically, just that first verse, man. It it's just it's so plainly written, like he just doesn't even listen to her. Like we've already talked about it. Smeared black ink, your palms are sweaty, and I'm barely listening. To last demands, I'm staring at the asphalt, wondering what's buried underneath. Like he's so he's just so disconnected from from her that he's just like not it's even kind of, it's fucked up. Anyway. It's so like he's wondering what's underneath the asphalt. Like for like, taking that literally or whatever, cares, right? Yeah, it's just it's so it's so bad. <laughs> like it's so bad on his like his his character, you know. Oh, That's, this is the opening track. Like this is what's opening the album. Is he's already telling us that he's kind of a dick. He's already telling yeah. us that he just doesn't fucking listen to people, and he does what he wants, and he thinks what he wants, and he doesn't. He has like zero empathy whatsoever. <laughs> it's true. On the first it's totally track, true. Ah, oh, what an opener! I think it, any of there's only one other song that could have opened this, and that would have been such great heights, but it wouldn't have been as effective as this song. Like this was this was the perfect opener for the, for the, the album. Because such great heights is kind of like the outlier of the album. It's it's like yeah, a happy song and opening that and natural anthem are the two outliers. I feel. I don't know. Maybe even opening with such great heights would have been kind of fun because it would have it would have given you that, that that false sense of hope. Yeah, that false sense of hope, thinking that this album is going to be like a fun thing and and happy. I don't know, but it's not at all. Also, the the, the single artwork for Such Great Heights was also done by Kazi Dan. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah. they, they did everything for this. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So do we have anything else to say about this song, or should we move to a different song? What do you think? No. What what is So we did your 2B. Yeah, we did my 2B. My 3B was nothing better, so we already talked about that one. Um, okay. What's your 4B? My, my 3B. My oh, 3B. yeah. What's your 3B? Sorry. My bad. My three B, yeah, you're bad. Your three B, <laughs> my three B is sleeping in the third song. <laughs> Don't wake me up when I'm sleeping. In. This is so like, as far as lyrics go, this is the corniest on the entire album, and yeah, it's it's kind of silly. It's just it's he's dreaming of a utopian society where people obey stop signs and send letters with their return address, and it's just <laughs> its execution is just corny. Yeah, it is. But damn, a lot of people are ridiculed. Fucking too. catchy, dude. Yeah, like the outro, repetition. Right, we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Repetition is key, and it is so catchy. And and the vocal harms over that high pitched note. Ah, oh, that I can't even <sighs> try to. Ah, <do. laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it just there's, there's like a, there's a lot of quiet space. Like in tattooing, they call it like the negative space where you use the person's skin tone in the mm-hmm. color of the tattoo. So I don't know what that's called in music, but like the negative space, there's so much use of the negative space in the intro. And there's a lot of like negative space, a lot of silence before the second verse is, is coming in and it's just, it's money and it's, I don't know, man, there's a lot of, a lot of taking their time with the pacing, a lot of utilization of that negative space, that yeah. negative sound. And I think outside of, and then outside of such great heights, this is like the only other, positive song lyrically and it's a very positive sounding song 
musically. It's 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 another one of those outliers, kind of, kind of, but not nearly as much as such great heights. And like, I don't know, th- this album's fucking weird, man. Like, you could say so many of these songs are outliers, but for like wildly different reasons. Yeah, sounds this sounds crazy. It it really is. <laughs> yeah, there's it's like there's there's songs that are backed up against other songs, like Brand New Colony going into Natural Anthem. It makes no sense. Like, those and that's are sandwi- weird. and that's sandwiched in between this place is a prison and Natural Anthem. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like Brand New Colony, my four B. Brand oh it is yeah. Well do do you want to do you want to play any of do you want to talk about sleeping in anymore? Do you want to play it? What do you want to do? Uh, I'd rather play Brand New Colony because that Mario intro is is love that. Okay. Love oh, that. I, yeah, I, yeah, that that is good. Well, let's get into. Oh no, we already talked about my four B. That was Dix, District Sleeps Alone tonight. So then, yeah, we'll just get right into uh, Brand New yeah. Colony. Sound good? Yeah. This is my eight B, by the way. Brand New Colony is. So just throwing that one out there. To the wrong. But should we there. should we play it first? Should we talk a little bit about it? It's a good it's a good song. I only want you to play just like the intro. Because we, I mean, I, I could do that. Because there are two other songs I really want to play, but Natural Anthem. I mean, Brand New Colony. I just want to. I want people. I want people to hear that Mario inspired intro because it totally is. Okay, I'll play like twenty seconds of it. Okay. So, here's uh, here's Brand New Colony from the Postal Service. <laughs> Oh, there we go. That's just the beginning of Brand New Colony. I don't know why the lyrics in the first verse, first verse of this song reminds me so much of Mike. Like I could just imagine Mike's like singing this completely out of context. It's, it's weird. My it's favorite. Very, it's so emo. My my favorite lyric is from this song. My favorite line, and then also like rivaling some of my favorite lyrics of all time. I like this week just I I love it. So he says, I'll be the water wings that save you if you're mm-hmm. drowning in an open tab. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> like so first of <laughs> that's all that's one's really good. I didn't know what the fuck a water wing was, so I had to like Google it. Floaties. It's a floaty. <laughs> it's a floaty, yeah. <laughs> Did you know they're called water yeah. wings? Yeah, water wings, yeah. I had no idea. They were called <laughs> water wings. I I thought I I picture like butterfly wing. I have no idea. But okay, so so this 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 has like several things that I, I think are absolutely phenomenal. So I, I love this. I love this. I think it's great. And it's also the only thing he says that isn't definite. He says a lot of you will or you mm-hmm. ours in this song. And this is the only thing that he says if. So when it's when it's transitioning between kind of two different thoughts, like water wings will help you from drowning, but then you're also metaphorically drowning in alcoholism. Like mm-hmm. I think like the bridging of those two like totally different ideas is just unbelievably good. Yeah, it's it's very subtle. I didn't even pick I didn't pick that one up. But it's I, the only time that he says like if it's the only indefinite thing that he says. I, it's crazy. Yeah, in the song like if you look at it, yeah, he says he says he'll he starts a lot of these lines out with I'll I will. 
I will or I'll, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, no, that's Dude, that's I, a good catch. I, I love that. I, I, I just love it so much. <laughs> I, I will be the water wings that save you if you're drowning in an open tab. That's a great. That's a great opener to that verse. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, oh chills, man, baby. chills, dude. His, I, I'm still like blown away by his lyrics. I didn't. I people always talk about how great of a lyricist he is, and I just didn't. Never cared. Never cared until this week. Because the stuff from Death Cab is so damn good. Like <laughs> some of his stuff from Death Cab is is unmatched. It's that good. But. <sighs> But like you don't think of him to be this deep in postal service, and he's not sometimes, as we yeah. just talked about. But when he wants to, he he can he can shred. He can he can shred the lyrics. I mean, clearly, yeah, this song is has amazing lyrics to it. We didn't even. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about it after we're done talking to this song. I'll get back into the band itself. That's, no, but, that's it. They get back into the band, baby. Do you want to get back? We go with this song. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was gonna say we didn't even bring it up because I, I guess we just kind of assumed people already knew. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But the postal service they got their name because when, when, oh my god, what am I trying? I'm trying to set this up because I, I like the wind I watched casino an interview. In Vegas or I guess like the wind casino because I watched an interview today with Ben and Jimmy, and they were talking about how they actually met and. So at the time, Jimmy was living in Los Angeles and, and Ben was living in Seattle and Ben had flown down to L.A. to go visit his friend and the friend was roommates with Jimmy and that's how they first, they, they initially met was through the roommate and then eventually they, they were talking whatever and they said, oh, we should make music together and then they did the one song with D'Intel. D'Intel, how do you say that? Oh, D'Intel. D'Intel. So they did the one, Ben did the one song with, with him on that and then they decided, oh, we should make more music together. And then the way they did it was really cool because they would Jimmy came up with like beats and all this kind of stuff and then would put it on a burn it onto a CD, a dat file onto a CD and then mail it through the postal service to Ben. Ben would put it in his computer and then write melodies and lyrics over it and then send it back to Jimmy and then that's how they made this fucking record. It's so unconventional. It's Back then it was unconventional, but but nowadays that's how a lot of music is done over email. So, but back then doing it all over through the postal service was insane. It's so cool, <laughs> and then that's how they got their name. So, was the postal service? Yeah. And then, should we talk about the controversies? Yeah, there's been actually a couple of big controversies with the band. So yeah, guess let's 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 do it. Let's do it. So they they did get a cease and desist from the United States Postal Service, naturally, which was eventually which was eventually dropped, and it got to the point that it got dropped because they made an agreement with the post with the band. The band made an agreement with the the U.S. Postal Service that if they played a show at some like party or, or I forgot what kind of party it was, if they played a free show for at that party, then they would drop any sort of lawsuits. So they did it. And then eventually the U.S. Postal Service on their website was selling the band's CD for a little while. I don't know how long, but they were selling their CD and then they were using shit in their commercials. And then eventually UPS was playing Such Great Heights on one of their commercials, which I thought was kind of funny that they were using the Postal Service band song. But I I think a lot of weird things. I also read, too, that the the Postal Service band 
didn't use the postal service entity as much as like maybe we think they use a lot of FedEx and UPS to ship their their oh, docks. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's that's why that came into play. Could be, but that was inevitable know, that the pulse that the USP the USPIS would eventually USPIS, send yeah. him a cease and desist. I I feel like that was inevitable. Yeah, it was going to happen. They had to have known too. But either way, I think Jimmy said like it ended up working out well for them because they didn't pay the they didn't have to like pay the band anything or vice versa. They just got a bunch of free attention because of the lawsuit. So in the end, it worked out for the band. Yeah. Um, and then there was one other, oh, the, the Apple controversy, the Apple controversy. So in 2005, I think it was 05, there was a commercial, an Apple commercial talking about some new processor or whatever. And they used the such great heights song, I think. It was like the video. I posted a link. Did you watch the link? I watched the link, but I couldn't remember if the song was involved. It was like, it was just a video, right? Fucking shot. The shot, the, the video for such great heights was (laughs) reproduced for the Mac commercial and then come to find out the guy the guys who were doing the mac commercial were the guys who did the video for such great heights so they essentially ripped off their own music video to make the the mac commercial no it was insane i couldn't believe it no lawsuits ever came about which makes sense because if the guy who directed the video also directed the video for the mac maybe there's some there's some like leniency there but yeah they did reach an agreement to to where like the postal service banned would be high in the algorithms for like iTunes or search engines or whatever. Oh, it is. I didn't read that part. So like that was their their compensation, their payment. But if you watch, it's only like a thirty five second video, and it just shows you the shots that were stolen from <laughs> the post so service. Crazy. Dude, it is fucking shot for a shot. Like it's almost, like even the same the same actors. I know almost the same, but like the same costumes too. Everything like the same like visor. Everything was. It was so crazy. Clearly, it was so, I couldn't believe off. it. I could not fucking believe it. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Um, but other than that, though, like their music videos, I thought, what was it for Sleeping In? Was that the video with where it had all three of the band members? And they were like part of a, like this post-apocalyptic weird looking thing. Oh, yeah. Was, wait, was, was it, that no, that was, that, was, that, that was We Will Become Silhouettes. Yes, yes, you're right. We will be. That was weird. <laughs> I like that video though. I don't know why I liked it. That that gave me like a like a cool like '50s Fallout type game feel to it. But dude, yeah, like Ben Gibbard. I don't know if he's on purpose, but he is so fucking awkward. He is so <laughs> weird. Like he's creepy. Yeah, yeah I know. It's but, it's a, but no, it, but like the, the 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 set pieces, the costume, the bikes they were riding, everything about it, and like the ending, they're. Just like looking off into the sunset, drinking their homemade like juice and mason jars. Fucking yeah, weird. it was so. It, it was like soup, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was something was. fucking weird. Yeah, I thought it was. And how they be like some Jonestown thing or something. It was <laughs> that's bizarre. what I thought too. Yeah, and just how it starts out like they're kind of like not even like jamming. They're like they have this old, like old ass microphone and and then Jenny's there like playing like this little cheap keyboard. It was it's a weird video, but I for whatever reason I really liked it. It was cool. It was very much of its time. Like the way it was shot and directed was very like um, like indie movie, like Napoleon Dynamite, Garden State, yes. very Wes Anderson style. So it was very much of that time period of like 03, 04 <laughs> when all that shit was popular. Yeah, it was but, definitely very Napoleon Dynamite-esque. Yeah, but it was it was a cool video, man. It it was this weird nostalgia that, I don't know. Dude, I can't even just so fucking vanilla. <laughs> it's unbelievable how... 
this guy can do so many great things. Yeah, it's very, very true. Looks can be deceiving, I guess, right? Apparently, yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. Ugh, God, I don't like that. Why? Because you it's constantly the... do. Oh, I always do. Yeah, me just too. like you always do too. Absolutely, I still do. I'm not gonna stop. Why would I stop? <laughs> it's human nature. Human nature. So, uh, so we just we talked about brand new colony. That was your four B, right? Yeah, that was my four B. So you said that there are two other songs you want to play. What were the two other songs you wanted to play or talk about? Uh, we will become silhouettes. That's my five B. Makes sense because we just talked about the video. I think that's the my five in- B as well. I think the intro is, is the most acoustic of all of them, mm-hmm. and the song kind of sets up the tone to be happy and and a beat and and I I love how these songs like drop into themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they yeah, just, yeah, as if they're like a techno song, as if they're like something that just has this own drop. And it's, but it's it's I don't know. It's it's fucking it's weird basic. to explain. It's it is it is, but it's not. Like when you think of a techno song dropping, you think that hard drop and it drops in really heavy and and, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It, like it, it makes would, you want to move, but this doesn't. This doesn't want to make you move. It's just like it's an interesting part. But it's still it, but say. it still drops hard, but it's hard for in like postal service standards. And then like the bop oz after the chorus. Oh yeah. Like they're so pleasant. And then in the video too, like the <laughs> like everyone else is singing the bop oz and he holds the mic out and Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the horn arrangements at the, in the end are are from like a Disney movie, and how happy it oh, sounds. Do you put that like against like the inevitability of death? This song is almost kind of like "fuck it, we're gonna die anyway," and that's mm-hmm. the feeling you get from this song. And the lyrics too are very post apocalyptic too. You know, yeah, I've got it covered with cans of food, filtered water, and pictures of you. <laughs> what a cool song, man! But like, what, what seems what seems to be a tale of of life after some type of nuclear warfare and, and like the effect it had on a person. Mm-hmm. Like, like obviously, this is a relationship song. This is a song of yeah, the yeah. tumultuous nature of relationships and the atomic bombs that are dropped metaphorically in relationships and how they affect you and. And how you f- you feel like you want to hide rather than than get into an argument or a fight or how after the argument or a fight you want to hide or after you're dumped you want to hide and like this is this is weird it's it's just, it's a weird song and it's it's but the metaphors are great that's the thing they're really good they're so in- insignificant on the grand scale but yeah. they're so important to pretty much everybody like on earth. <laughs> I know. Damn, dude, he's so... Oh, his lyrics are so good. I'm, I just... I can't get over it. So should we play a little bit of the song? Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Yeah. Okay, so here is uh, We Will Become Silhouettes from the Postal Service.
there's we will become silhouettes from the postal service yeah banger 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 like the first minute is just um instrumental and then it comes in so yeah. i did time jam it but then i forgot to tell you that's fine it was fine and we'll become we'll become silhouettes when our bodies finally go ba 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 fucking money oh. it's so good it's oh. so good it tears me up oh. So this this kind of reminds me of the other video I posted in the or that you posted in oh no I posted in the notes the funnier yeah. die auditions yeah and when Weird Al does this one oh. and he's playing the accordion it's it's so good good it's so fucking good there's a couple of those interviews or auditions that are real like the Amy Mann that one was really fucking cool the acoustic who was one, that which one oh the acoustic was, one yeah, yeah she's a girl that did the the acoustic of. I think the district or she, yeah no she did this it was district yeah, yeah that was phenomenal and then Weird Al that was really fucking cool that and was then cool the, the comedian the whatever that comedian oh was. Uh, Mark Marin yeah that <laughs> one was really funny that one was really fucking <laughs> but he funny. just played like high notes he's like you like that you like that he's like yeah he's like of course you'd fucking like that you really like this <laughs> like he's making fun of like how stupid the music is and then he plays like that scale and he fucks it up and he's like I meant to do that <laughs> so funny classic good stuff. But and then and then they say like and then doesn't the guy this sub pop guy say like uh, he's like oh no this is like electronic band and then Mark Maron starts doing that boop 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 thing on the like the tapping yeah on the, the fretboard yeah <laughs> and that's so when he cool. asked Jimmy he's he's like you like that and then Jimmy like nodded his head he's like of course oh, he's like why would you like that of course you like that are you serious yeah that's good oh uh, that was good but then your boys then in there DeLong. too yeah that that was like I remember when that first came out I was just like what the fuck is Tom DeLonge doing here he looks so nervous too. he looks so he nervous does. and he yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he even played it off he's, like as his character in the audition was being nervous too he's a fucking giant dork man a, a really good YouTube comment from there was was somebody said like oh I wish I wish Tom DeLonge's part was longer and someone else was like yeah you might say you wish it was DeLonger. Oh my god. <laughs> that was so dumb. <laughs> oh, good oh. stuff. Good stuff. Uh, but then watching Weird Al's part, like going back to him, like, oh man, it makes me want to learn the accordion. Like, why do accordions even exist? Like they're just such an unnatural looking instrument. I think I think I think accordions exist for like two things. One is like banda music. And the other is for Weird Al. Yeah, maybe you're right. Or and polka music, really. But damn, it's such a weird instrument. It's so stupid. But he does it so he he just plays it off so well in that that skit. Because even though I don't, <sighs> I I just don't like Weird Al. I think it's it's easy and cheesy to to essentially mm. make a career off of off of Parodies? rewriting. Yeah, like parody music. Man, but he's good at it. That's the thing. Like because he's like the only one is, that really does it. Because he's the only like good one. Him and like Doctor Demento are like the only good ones to do it. None of it's to properly good, do it. Like he has a good voice and he's really good at playing the accordion. But I don't know to like. It's my more kids about the lyrics. My, my, my kids more could rewrite any song and 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 make you them think funny. That. Of course you think they could. That. You think that? Even dude, even just like the other day, they were calling they were calling Billie Eilish Billie Eyelash. Like, okay, that's kind of funny. That's some shit Weird Al would do, calling her Billie Eyelash. I don't know. Look like, at that. It's harder than you think. A fucking it's harder six than year you old. Think. No, I don't think it is. I I think it's I think it's fucking easy. I think it is ex- crazy easy. 
to no, take somebody's music totally and just rewrite some lyrics to make them kind of funny. You're totally wrong. I, th- All I, right. I think you're, I think you're blinded. I, I think you're. I'm not blinded I by anything. One hundred percent in the wrong right now. You no, are you're crazy. out of your fucking mind. So what's the uh, what's the other one you wanted to talk about and play? Is that what you said? Was there another one that you wanted to talk about and play? Or was maybe. that it? Possibly it. I don't remember now. I mean, do you want to do you want to play something else, or do you want to wrap it up and go home? Come. We've we've talked about every song on here. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Except natural anthem, but I don't really. We don't have to talk about that one. Mm, let's see. Yeah, we've talked about that. And then the the bonus songs. They they have a lot of bonus songs on the the deluxe version of it. So the the two big ones were a tattered line of string and turnaround because the. On the deluxe version, those were the two new songs. And then some of the B-sides were Be Still My Heart, There's Never Enough Time, Suddenly Everything Has Changed, Against All Odds, and Grow Old With Me. A couple of those are covers, I think. Um, but overall, the only one I really like was Tattered Line of String out of all those B-sides. Yeah. But there's I don't know. I don't really care to talk about really any of the B-sides. No, nah, I don't really care either. Yeah. I mean, they're good, but just in the context of the album, like none of them fit. And this album is just too good to even want to spoil it. We're talking about the B-sides. So do you want to wrap it up? What do you want to do? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let me. Okay. I'm just going to scroll through real quick in my notes here. I don't see anything that I really want to talk about. So yeah, okay. I'll give you something to talk about. Okay, so we're going to wrap wrap. Oh, my God. We're going to wrap this wrap, up, wrap, wrap it up and then give our rating. So we have a three-point rating system here where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but you should give it a shot. And Zero is an album that should have never been made. So what are your final thoughts and your rating? Go. Oh, My final thoughts are, again, I don't remember how, why I listened to The Pulse of Service to begin with. Dude, mm-hmm. he's like fucking beside me. I've been trying all week to think of it. And usually I can kind of pinpoint when it happened, but I just, I don't know. So I... This is just a group that appeared out of nowhere and and kind of like rightfully so, like like a phoenix from the ashes rising up to become something that um that is timeless, something that could also if this came out now, this would still be just as good because of the mm-hmm. electronic music that is so heavily populating our our airwaves now, this would still be better than everything else. Agreed. I don't know. This is okay. I, I I don't I don't want to say you got nothing bad this to say good. clearly this is good this is I mean this is a perfect album I, that's no if ands or buts this is a perfect album I think musically it's perfect I think lyrically it's perfect and I think emotionally the the emotional response that you get from listening to the said album is perfect mm-hmm. yeah so I'm this, with you yeah this is a this is a three out of three that I don't think that was any surprise to anybody listening at this point absolutely not except for your hate on this place is a prison but that's okay. We'll get there someday with you. Um, My final thoughts are, this is, people always say like electronic music can't really be emotional or it can't convey the same emotion as like a rock song or an acoustic song, but this like completely destroys that theory. Like this drums up so many emotions, even non-nostalgically, like it's just, it just makes you feel a certain way. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, like this is one of those albums, one of the few albums that has like transcended my nostalgia. Where like I have nostalgia for the first time I listened to it. I have nostalgia with nostalgia listening to it with you, with uh, like Chris, with with so many different people 
that just there's no album that does that like i have memories with every with almost all of my friends that listen to music consistently and this album like it's it's so weird i've never felt that way about any album except for this one and i didn't think i could like this album more than i did this week but then i read the lyrics and it just dude it's so good it's so much better than i always thought it was and i'm gonna have to give this one a perfect three i don't do it a lot but (laughs) i'm it's a perfect three man the only thing you do more than giving perfect threes is saying i don't do this a lot (laughs) (laughs) but i really don't do it a lot i don't i don't throw them out very often so yeah Uh, yeah, it's a perfect week before uh did i know well i think i did actually and you're gonna do it next week I uh, no, you don't know that. No, yes, you're making I assumptions. Do. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, you're making assumptions. Well, That's I'm, bad. I'm gonna make a note in our. I'm gonna make a note in our notes to see how many. What your, what your longest streak is. <laughs> It'll probably be like ten or something like that. Oh God. And we're currently in that streak, but. But yeah, so we we both agree for once in our lives that that you know, on a perfect three of an album, and this is it. So, do you got anything else to say? Y'all good? No, I, I don't have anything else to say. Okay. Well, this is Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening to the pod. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Go follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Once again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for our next episode because we're going to get into uh, Siamese Dream from the Smashing Pumpkins. So stay tuned for that, and that's it. That's all. David Do you, do you really? Yeah. I mean, I know you used to when we used to party all the time, but... Oh, yeah. I barf all the time. Yeah. You give a fuck, homie? <laughs> 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 yeah. This one kind of... Uh, it's it's really heavy. It's probably your number one B because it's just fucking heavy. It's fucking, fucking, fucking. So the... Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to play it now because... I don't know. I don't want to repeat our. I don't want. I don't want. Ha- oh my god! I can't wow. even fucking speak. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and we'll become. We'll become. Silhouettes when our bodies finally go. Ba ba Dude, ba. Fucking money. <laughs>